the listener I see before me? Well, here, have an anvil. It's pointing towards you. Um, I love you. Bye! Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. It's nice to see me. I love you. Bye. Marilyn's Diary by Beth Crane. Episode 3. Ship's log. Uh, I've forgotten to record you for a while, uh, but apart from today, I've not been doing much. I've mostly been studying cows and programming. I still think you'd be better off learning something else. AIs mostly program themselves. There are no AIs on Gontano, and I want to know how you work. You're not going to figure that out from automicon training. (laughs) I have a long lifespan. I'll get it eventually. But yes, right, back on track. So, I've done my first mission, and... Wow, this repairing thing is harder than I thought. It was only supposed to be a little job, a a standard piece of maintenance. Every year, a repairman visits Prachavan 5 to replace the light bulbs in their galactic transport station. The planet itself is relatively large, but the main sentient species has confined itself to a space around the transport station. The majority of the planet is covered with thick jungle. There was a woman crying in the station. A woman? Well, she was female, I think. I'm not that familiar with this species. There are five genders on this planet, and be careful what you assume it can be upsetting. Sorry. Jolt tried to walk past, but I made him stop. He sighed and rolled his eyes, but he's learning to become more empathetic. Are you sure? I hope he is. Anyway, we stopped and spoke to her. The them. Zuta. Zuta was their name. Zuta was frightened of me, but they were too tired to run. Their mind was a a mess of sharp red and blue fragments, grief and fear and worry. I soothed it a little, enough so they could speak. They spoke quietly, stuttering at first, and... You soothed them? I try not to go into other people's minds if I can help it, but I can dull their emotions quite easily without intruding. Sometimes humanoids need something to take the edge off. They usually have their own ways of doing that, although you're probably cheaper. You can't see into my mind, can you? I'm not sure I could read you even if I understood how your mind worked. It's a biological thing. You don't really have biology. If I don't focus on keeping my mind to myself, I already know what everyone's going to say before they say it. It makes things very boring. There's nothing about that in the file on Gontanans. We're not that big on information sharing. We still got quite a bit of cultural shock from the first time we met beings from other planets, and they ran away, screaming. We're still shy about our appearance, even though we've been trading with other races for decades, and there are so many other insectoid races now. Anyway, Zuta spoke to Jolt. I sort of faded myself into the background. There's a small village on the outskirts of the settlement, high up in the mountains. They'd lived there all their life, 
but the village has been getting smaller and smaller over the past few years. Everyone leaving for the city? No, not like that. There are these... leeches. They hunt in packs, and they've wiped out almost everyone. They latch onto their prey, and the moment they break the skin, there's no cure. They inject some kind of acid into their prey. It liquidizes everything but fat, skin, and bones, and then they suck out everything they can. They'd come in through a hole the size of a human thumb, and Zuta's family were all... They were all gone. Zuta came to the port to ask for help, but there was no one who would listen. We had to do something. You can't fix everything. I'm sorry. Did you see them? Could you feel the pain in their mind? It was like biting down on broken glass. I had to do something. I see. We followed Zuta back to the village. We took a funicular railway up the side of a mountain. I hadn't even noticed it when we landed because it was so overgrown. Closer up, there was something wrong with the jungle. There was too much decay, too many dead things. I think the leeches must be the only major predator, apart from the people. I could feel them around us, their minds small, cold, and hard. Have you always been able to do that? I find it very strange that other people can't. There was a kind of improvised stronghold in the middle of the town. It used to be an inn, I think. Everyone in there wore heavy armor plating to keep out the leeches, even the children. One of them, I think they were the child of the innkeeper, took off one of their gloves and offered me their hand. They were softer, warmer than the adults. There was grief there. Loss. They'd lost a parent, and, and so many friends, to the leeches. But there was also a deep love of home. When Jolt saw the bodies, his mind changed. Before, he was detached, skeptical, but... Marilyn? Zuta had two children. Developmentally, I think they were about my age. I don't know if it stirred something in Jolt because of me, or just because they were so small. But something changed. He decided to make a weapon to fight them. I don't know why he thought he'd be able to make anything better than they already tried, but he had to try something. He got a list of ingredients, took over a workshop, and set to it. I stayed with my new friend at the inn. He did know that he was directly contravening Automicon rules, didn't he? Some things are more important than rules. Not to Automicon, they're not. He left me behind, but I followed flying in the cover of the trees. I knew what they could do, and I wasn't going to leave him to die. He wandered into the middle of the forest. He's not exactly the best hunter. And they started to come towards him. He may have a whole load of degrees, but when it comes to bombs, he's not the best. I'll add explosives to his suggested study list. Maybe the powder was damp, or... The atmosphere was a less flammable mix of elements, but... They massed towards him. I'd thought there were ten, maybe twenty, but they seemed to be calling to each other. Soon there were far more. Hundreds more. 
They surrounded him, piling on top of one another a mass of writhing bodies, an impassable wall. And they were waiting for something, some signal. And then? It was surprisingly easy to turn them into cannibals. Rather than working together to block his way, they turned their teeth on each other, and the few that survived went out searching for the rest of their species. Are you all right? Marilyn? I got stuck. I couldn't disconnect from their minds. I could feel every bite, every wound, every death, and then suddenly I couldn't feel anything anymore. I should have landed before I started. Passing out while flying is a really bad idea. But I was lucky I hit a branch on the way down and stayed there. If I'd fallen down where the leeches were, uh, Jolt was calling my name. Uh, all that was left of the leeches was a bloody swamp. He was up to his ankles in it. He found me, picked me up, wrapped me in a shirt, and brought me back here. He was warm. Warmer to me than he's ever been. I was surprised. It was unlike him. Then I had a long sleep. I've not really needed to sleep before. It's strange. I don't see why humans like it so much. Where's Jolt? He had to finish replacing the light bulbs at the station. He'll be back soon. There was a warmth like that in the people on the planet, too. I could feel it under the fear. They were trying to save their village because they were happy there, despite everything. Prachavan 5 is an independent planet, so they aren't all automaton debtors. They have more control over their lives, more than Jolt or the other repairmen. They can't control the inevitable, or the giant leeches, but at least they have some kind of agency. But they could die at any minute. That's quite normal for humanoids. They're relatively fragile. Am I fragile? Well, if you were, I doubt you are anymore. Your carapace hadn't quite hardened, and the bones in your skull were still working on fusing themselves together when you came aboard, but you've grown a lot since then. Okay, so let's say for a minute I was fully human. Would I be more or less likely to survive than I am now? On balance... I can fly, for one thing, and humans still haven't mastered that. For now. What do you mean? You're, what, 13 inches tall now? Three kilograms. Soon you won't have space to fly in here. Your muscles could quickly atrophy, and the average Gontanan is far lighter and less dense than you are. That's disappointing. But you do also have a stinger, which gives you a natural advantage in combat, and... At the moment, your venom is strong enough to kill the average human in approximately seven hours. It may grow more potent as you age. Then, of course, there's your appearance. Not exactly ferocious. And you can use that to your advantage. I believe your mother concealed her true nature within floor-length clothing. And I have no idea how far those mental abilities of yours extend. But you managed to handle those leeches, so... What? Is what I did wrong? What do you mean? Well, didn't the leeches have a right to live, too? There's an ecosystem, and the leeches must be part of it. 
Hmm. Well, they aren't native to Pratchvan 5. What do you mean? They aren't listed amongst the indigenous life forms of the planet. And there doesn't seem to be any sign of most of the native species. Maybe they were introduced here by mistake and wiped out the pre-existing wildlife. It happens. Earth used to do it all the time. Rats, dogs, toads. So, does that make what I did right? Did it feel right? Yes, I think. Then, it's fine. I'm sure. Computer? Yes? There was something strange about the leeches. Like what? Right at the back of their minds, there was something... Artificial. Not artificial like your artificial. I, I, I mean, almost like a neurological maker stamp. There wasn't. What do you mean? There was no stamp. But... Please, forget about it. Please. Computer, are you... Fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. That's Jolt. Are, are you sure you're all right? I'm fine. Okay, if you're sure. End log. third episode of Marilyn's Diary, a Wii Fix Space Junk miniseries. Marilyn was played by Francesca Mintov-Chish, and Computer was played by James Carney. The program was written by Beth Crane and produced by Headley Knights for Battlebird Productions. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The buyer awaits your decision, poised as one both ready for a fight and assured of its outcome. I'll have that relic now. That cool pretty boy have more healing. We gonna need it. You guys might. One of you dies and I'm running for it. So don't. We'll have to use every advantage and we've not many left. So I'm confused. Uh, what am I supposed to say to him? Marcus, it's a role-playing game. Right. So, you're this holy guy, Benedict. Right. And he's just joined this adventuring party. Right. Why? Because we needed someone to heal us and not ask questions. Dumb! What? Any reason you want, Marcus. That's the great thing about this game. You can be anyone you want. Do anything you want, for any reason, so long as it's true to your character. Cool. I totally got this. Uh, wait, but... This artifact belongs to my church, and as such, I cannot part with it for any price. <laughs> uh, what did I say? Kill them all! The Ordinary Epic, a podcast series about the extraordinary, the ordinary, and something in between. Listen now at theordinaryepic.com or on your favorite podcast app. <laughs>